Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to our uh, morning service. If you've been away on holiday, welcome back. Hope you're feeling very refreshed. Uh, if you're a visitor or a newcomer, it's great to, to have you with us. If you're an old friend visiting as well, it's great to have you as well. We're going to um, start our service by reading a few verses from 1 Chronicles, just to remind us why we are here and, and to focus on the God we're here to, to worship. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Um, well, our reading this morning is from Luke 11, continuing the series on the Lord's Prayer. And um, Lenny's going to come and read that for us now. The first part of the reading is from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. And the second part from Luke 12, verses 22 to 34. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and she goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, Though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and for him who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And the second part of the reading. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or eat, yet they have no store or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life, since you cannot see this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labour or spin. 
Yet I tell you, and not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Thanks, Lenny. Well, let us pray as we come to the Lord's Word. Lord, you said to us, ask and it will be given to us. Seek and we will find. Knock and the door will be opened to us. We pray that you would give us hearts that are willing to ask. Hearts that are not self-sufficient, but that need you. And so we do ask now that you will give us what we need. Help us to seek you. And help us to find you as we read from your word together in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, some of you know we've um, recently come back from a holiday in um, Morocco. And um, beautiful country, amazing scenery, visited all sorts of different places, lovely people. Um, one of the things we wanted to do while we were there was climb the, the highest mountain in Africa, Mount Tuta, which is 4,200 metres high. Um, of course, with a, coming from a broken foot, that's not a great thing to try and do. Um, but we thought at least we'll try and get to the base camp, at, at, I think it's uh, 3,200 metres, with the help of a couple of mules. And anybody who's prepared to get to the top, I'll wait for them down at the bottom. Uh, it's another 1,000 metres from there, quite a steep climb. Um, so we've got to the base camp, I thought, well, let's give this a go. Um, we've got so far, um, so prayed for God's strength to get to the top and down again. And it was hard work, it was really hard work, it was quite steep, uh, there were sort of rocks, there was loose scree as well, so it was difficult to get your footing. Uh, but when you got to the top, it was absolutely amazing, beautiful view. And uh, well worth the, uh, the struggle. I've got, I think I've got a picture coming up of uh, one of those views. There's my little pano I tried to take. Um, actually, uh, spectacular looking all around. You can see as far as the eye can see. But as I, I struggled upwards, and it, it was even harder coming down, um, it just reminded me of the language that, uh, that Paul often uses in his letters in the New Testament, struggle of perseverance, of keeping going. Um, for example, in Colossians, this is what he writes. He writes, Christ is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. And in Philippians he writes as well, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. In other passages, he talks about all the sufferings he endured for the sake of the gospel. He talks about shipwrecks, um, flogging, stonings. 
And you say, how does he manage just to keep going, to press on, to, to persevere? And um, Masada said he's the top of the mountain, but how does he do that? And the answer he gives us there is through the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. And if we are Christians, our Christian lives will be a struggle. Many of us say, should be a struggle. They'll be hard, but the good news is that we have the resources that we need to get to the end. We have the Spirit who works in us. And the way in which we call on Him and His strength is through prayer. Prayer is a great resource. And one of the things I felt convicted about during my sabbatical was that if we are asked to achieve great things for Christ, then we need to rely on Him in prayer. I need to rely on Him more in prayer. If Christ, the Son of God, had to rely on prayer for the success of His ministry, for uh, being able to achieve what he did on the cross, that constant communication with the Father. And how much more do we need to do that? And Jesus decided we saw just how an essential resource prayer was for him. And so he asked him, teach us Lord how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And that's what he did. The Lord's Prayer is a great lesson in prayer. <clears throat> Divided into two parts. First part we've been looking at over the last couple of weeks shows us what our priority should be in prayer. It's the glory of God, as we were singing earlier. Imagine what a privilege it is to pray to a, a heavenly Father. To remind us that our priority should be that His name is glorified, that it is hallowed, it is respected, it is glorified. It reminds us that our priority should be the spread of His kingdom and the doing of His will. This is not a a trite prayer to recite at some official function. This is a prayer of a believer willing to submit his whole life to, to God. And only when we have that priority in place can we dare come to him with our needs. But the great thing about this prayer is that God wants us to come to him with our needs. He, he wants to answer our prayers. His many gifts are lavish on us if we would only ask him. And the second part of this prayer summarizes the three main needs of the Christian. One of the needs we should come to him about. They are provision, give us each day our daily bread. They are pardon, forgive us our, our sins. And protection, lead us not into temptation. And although they are our needs, that doesn't mean we're not, long, we're not glorifying God as we ask for him to fulfill our needs. Because these are things that God wants us to have. As we ask God for them, we are acknowledging that he's a Father who wants to give us these gifts, that he's a Sovereign Lord who's able to, to give us these things. Well, the need we're looking at this morning is provision. Give us each day our daily bread. So what is our, our daily bread? I think images might come to mind of um, uh, boys pushing uh, bikes up cobbled streets to the scene of Dvorak's New World Symphony. Um, Apparently voted, I think, Facebook's favourite advert all the time, believe it or not. Um, there you go. But it's not just our bread, is it? <clears throat> yeah, it's about our basic need to live life on this earth. It's food and drink, it's a home or shelter, it is friends and a family that work to generate um, produce. And it's not praying for, for great wealth and prosperity. Um, but enough to get by on. And I think the writer of Proverbs sums this up very well. This is what he uh, writes. He says, Give me neither poverty nor riches, 
that give me only my daily bread. Otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say who is the Lord, or I may become poor and steal and so dishonour the name of my God. Now for many in Jesus' day they would have prayed, give us each day our daily bread with great urgency, but then they didn't know whether they would have bread the following day. They were reliant on harvest and all sorts of, of um, precarious things. For those tracks on Mount Sinjar last week, they would have been praying with great urgency as they looked for food parcels to be dropped from the sky. But what about us here in Long Crendon? Do we still need to pray for this? When our fridges are full, our cupboards are full, we've got food that will last for, for weeks, if not months. Um, and we struggle to know what to buy each other for our birthdays because we've just got everything we really need. But the answer is we actually need to pray this prayer even more. And um, there are three reasons I want to give you for that. And the first of those is to remind us of our dependency on God for everything. So I said that proverb realised that um, the more he had, the easier it would be to disown God, to think I don't need God. I know that's the main reason for, for the decline of the church in the West today, that um, people have more, and so they trusted in themselves, and not accept that actually all they have comes from the hands of God. And so people can be surprised when God at times removes his sustaining arm. Uh, often it's not until we have some, um, maybe an outbreak of foot and mouth or mad cow disease or something like that, and suddenly those um, packaged meats that we get in the supermarket don't appear, and we think, um, sure, this automatically turn up. Um, where do they come from? It's part of our fallen human nature to think we are in control of our lives and we don't need God. But turn us briefly back to uh, the book of Deuteronomy. We've been studying this term, the chapter 8. You may recall these verses we looked at um, several weeks ago now. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10. The people of Israel are standing on the edge of the promised land uh, with all that it's got to offer. Great abundance, and most gives them a warning. Have a look at verse 10. He says, When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses, and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and you, all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you'll forget the Lord your God. He brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land, with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known, to humble and to test you, so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers, as it is today. God let Israel go hungry 
he taught them how to depend on him um, he gave them what they needed to survive in the wilderness for 40 years but then he brought them into land of great blessing or abundance and prosperity but he gave them this warning that prosperity can be a curse if there's somebody here this morning who's bright, got a well-paid job you know, we live in big houses it's easy to think, well that's because I've worked hard for all that you know, well I've got a good break you know, I seized the opportunity so where did that intelligence, where did that hard-working spirit, that, that opportunity where do they all come from? if not from the Lord, give thanks to, to him, don't take anything for granted and pray that he will continue to provide what if you haven't got that, that attractive job or you haven't got a job at all for whatever reason maybe ill health or redundancy you can still give thanks for what you do have it may not be as much as your neighbour but there is always something to give thanks for and treat it actually as a privilege in many ways that you're given the opportunity to be more dependent on God to, to cry out more earnestly to him that you're not prone as others might be to temptation to be proud and think you don't need him one of the aspects of our vision is to be a worshipping church and the way we tried to um, uh, express what that meant was, was here the words um, coming up on the screen coming together with joy and reverence to focus on God's glory praise um, and depend on his strength which is what we do in prayer to express our dependence on God in every aspect of our lives in prayer is to worship God and when we recognise our dependence on him we will be more bold in prayer we will um, ask for, for more knowing what he will give and wants to give the story in uh, chapter 11 of Luke about the, the friend who, who knocked on um, his friend's door at midnight and the whole family all asleep all together in the same room in the same bed and um, as British people we can probably relate to this because we don't like to, to disturb people do we? we don't like to ask for things or put people out um, but Jesus is saying don't hold back you know, ask and it will be given you seek and you will find the door will be open to you be bold in prayer and as a church if we limit ourselves to what we think we can do with the resources we've got or what we think might be achievable then we're going to limit the power of the spirit at work in this church God works when we stop depending on ourselves and we shouldn't wait until we reach our limit before we cry out to God um, give us each day our daily bread whatever I will need for this day um, climbing that mountain I didn't wait until uh, I couldn't go any further before praying to God to help me before I stepped out I knew I would need his help I prayed that he would, would help me knowing it was going to be hard and as a church I think sometimes we're, we're maybe guilty of waiting until we have a problem before praying earnestly for God to to help us and one of the areas we've been struggling uh, recently is um, having enough people to do the ministry particularly in the youth and children's ministry uh, it's not a new problem um, you know, Jesus said uh, in Matthew 9 he said the harvest is plentiful but the work is a few so what was his solution? this is what he said he said ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field ask him and we've been asking for uh, workers for a while now, Toy Box Thursday, you know, may have to stop this term because we haven't got an overall leader. 
Now there may be maybe many reasons why it is appropriate to stop. Maybe the Lord is saying um, you need to focus on something else. Maybe we've allocated our resources maybe wrongly. Or maybe we uh, are not crying out to the Lord to raise up the people we need. Because we're too busy worrying about other things which maybe actually we shouldn't be worrying about. Which brings me on to the second uh, reason why we need to pray this prayer. Give us each day our daily bread. And that is to free us from earthly worry so that we can store up treasures in heaven. It's about getting our priorities right. You know, we have lots in this country compared to many in the world. But we're just as prone to worry, aren't we? Uh, we worry about whether we're performing well enough uh, at work. We worry about our health. Um, we worry about whether that strange noise in the car is going to be another big repair bill. We worry about our children. About our retirement. And that's why a chapter later in Luke, which Delaney read for us, um, after Jesus tells his disciples a parable about the rich fool, the, the dangers of storing up things for ourselves, Jesus says, do not worry about your life. It's a passage we had read at our wedding service 20 years ago, it stood up in good stead, although I can't say that we never worry, um, we're just as prone. The reason that Jesus gives us for not worrying is that God will take care of our daily needs. He does it for the ravens and the lilies and uh, yeah, how much more valuable are you to him than they are. Ask him to provide and trust that he will provide and then let him worry about those basic needs. Once you've prayed about them, they're not your concern, they're his concern. He will take care of them. What you should focus on, Jesus is saying, is seeking his kingdom, building up treasures in heaven. Treasures that will not be exhausted when no thief comes near and no moth destroys. One of the ways he says to do that in verse 33 is sell your possessions, give to the poor. In other words, instead of worrying about yourself, look out for those who have less than you. Look out for their needs. There's another area I looked at during my, my sabbatical and many churches have tried to sort of separate evangelism, the, the, the proclamation of, of the gospel, the good news, from uh, social action, providing for uh, people's physical needs. Um, but actually you can't separate them because they're so intrinsically linked. You know, it's providing for the needy is faith in action, it's living out our Christian faith. And there are areas I think a church can get involved in which individuals can't. Um, so something I think we do need to look at together as a church. There's a couple of books if you want to look into more of this yourself by the two Tims. Uh, Tim Keller, Ministries of Mercy, and Tim Chester, Good News to the, to the Poor. I recommend both of those. So as we pray, give us each day our daily bread. What we're doing is not just to say, make sure I'm okay. We're praying, give us each day our daily bread so that I can share it with others those in more need than I am. The more God gives us, the more we have to share with our families, with the church, with the poor. It says in Proverbs, uh, again, if a man shuts his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. Whereas a generous man will himself be blessed, for he shares his food with the poor. 
if our heart is right, if our attitude is right to glorify God, then to build up treasures in heaven, the more we ask God, the more he will provide. Well, we pray this prayer to free us from earthly worry then, so we can store up treasures in heaven. Finally, we need to pray the daily bread because it reminds us of our spiritual need. <clears throat> While we were in Morocco, we did a bit of a fasting before you think how spiritual we are. Um, it wasn't by choice. Uh, we were there during the month of Ramadan, and a lot of shops and uh, restaurants were shut. And there were a couple of days where we had to drive some pretty long distances in the car and uh, we went from breakfast um, through to late evening without eating and uh, of course we remained very calm in the car as we <laughs> kept stopping and going into a shop and saying, est-ce que vous avez du pain? And the same answer kept coming back and these blank people who were very hungry said no. <laughs> We need food to survive, don't we? We need food to survive, and without food we get hungry. But more important than physical food is our need for spiritual food. When Jesus began his ministry, he was sent into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights by the Holy Spirit. He turned to Matthew chapter 4 with me, and back um, a couple of books in the Bible. Uh, this uh, Matthew, 4, chapter, Matthew chapter 4 verse 2 is a great, great verse it's a, the greatest understatement uh, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights he was hungry I might say stating the obvious obviously but I think the reason Matthew writes that is to point out Jesus' area of weakness at that time he sent out there the devil's going to tempt him what is his greatest area of weakness? it's his physical need and the tempter comes to him and says, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. The thing surely Jesus needed most was some bread. But at that moment of extreme hunger, what does Jesus say? He says, It's written in the book of Deuteronomy, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And greatest need, he's saying, it's spiritual. Uh, later on in then Jesus' ministry, uh, a crowd before him saw him perform this amazing miracle of turning uh, um, five loaves of bread and two fish into a meal for 5,000 men and their families. Um, you can read about that in John 6, which is turned to John 6. And they follow him around the lake. You know, they, they want more, they want to see more of this, what, this, this action that's going on here. And uh, this, is, this is what they say to him in, in John 6. Uh, Verse 31, Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert, as it was written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus replies, and he says, Very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And he explains, what that bread is. I am the bread of life, he says. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. We may think that our greatest need is food and water, because that's what we need to survive. But we know that having eaten, we will become hungry again. 
Uh, and if you're a teenager, it's probably five minutes after you last ate. We may think our greatest need is just getting to university. And uh, congratulations to those who got the results they needed this week. Maybe getting a job, maybe uh, getting a home, getting a husband or a wife, getting over your illness. And these are all things that we can take to God. God wants to listen to those needs. But Jesus says, if you come to me, you will never go hungry, you will never be thirsty, you will no longer have that inner emptiness because I give you the food that endures to eternal life. I bring you that, that spiritual fulfilment. To make that possible, Jesus had to give his own life for us, he had to allow his body to be broken on that cross as he took that punishment that we deserve for rejecting God, for being self-sufficient, depending on ourselves. And that is what we are about to remember now. We need to remember it. As we take this bread and the, the wine together. And all he asks us to do is to believe in him. To trust in him. And offer him the commitment of our lives. That's the theme of the song we're going to sing before we uh, come to the Lord's Supper. And we'll get a chance later on after... Um, communion to to pray. And you'll be talking about prayer this morning. Let's not just talk about it, let's pray, let's come to God with our knees. So after communion there will be a chance to, to come forward for prayer. If you want to pray by um there'll be some of the elders and the wives at the front. Um the prayer ministry team are able to join in earlier on as well, that'd be great. Um, if you want to just pray with your person sitting next to you. Uh, if you just want to pray on your own, sitting quietly to God, that's that's fine. But we all need to pray. We all have things that God can answer our prayers for. So let's, let's take advantage of that opportunity. But as we prepare for, for the Lord's Supper, let's um, uh, sing this song, which reminds us in, in the final verse, You took all my shame away, there defeated my sin, opened up the gates of heaven, and a second me in. We've been reminded this morning of our own human uh, weakness, our helplessness, our dependence on God for everything, and how we need Him to sustain us through life. And also, been reminded of our spiritual need, how Jesus is the bread of life, that whoever comes to Him will never go hungry, whoever believes in Him will never be thirsty. He said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. To eat of that living bread, to eat of Jesus Christ, means to put our trust in him as the one who gives us eternal life, the one who sustains our lives until the last day. And the invitation to come and take part in this supper now is given to those who are prepared to come in complete dependence on him, uh, not depending at all on ourselves, depending on God's mercy. So the invitation is given, come to this table, not because you must, but because you may, not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Come not because any goodness of your own gives you a right to come,
but because you need mercy and help. Come because you love the Lord a little and would like to love him more. Come because he loves you and gave himself for you. Come and meet the risen Christ, for we are his body. We invite all who are able to respond to that to join us if you're not yet at that point, then do please just allow the, the bread and the wine to, to pass as it comes round. But as we come to him in dependence, let's say the prayer of preparation together that will appear on the, the screen. Lord, we come to your table trusting in your mercy and not in any goodness of our own. We are not worthy even to gather up the crumbs under your table, but it's your nature always to have mercy, and on that we depend. So feed us with the body and blood of Jesus Christ, your Son, that we may forever live in him and he in us. Amen. Open the come and pray for that bread and wine as well. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, only you are good. And we want to thank you for the gift of your Son. We want to thank you for these symbols, this bread and this wine. And as we think of the Lord Jesus as the bread that has come down from heaven, the bread that we eat of and are never hungry. We want to thank you for that gift, Lord. We depend on your mercy and your grace. And we thank you for this symbol, this bread that we can eat. And though that's a physical thing, Lord, we spiritually want to feed on Christ. And Lord, we thank you for the wine, which is a symbol to us of the cost of sacrifice of Calvary his shed blood and forgive us Lord for not treating that with the seriousness sometimes that we become familiar with the giving of his life and we thank you for this wine a reminder of his shed blood and the cost of our salvation so we give you thanks Father the good God for your graciousness your kindness your mercy your faithfulness and for the Lord Jesus and the gift of your spirit to us. In his name we pray. Amen. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes we're going to keep the cups when they're served to us and we'll drink together to demonstrate our unity in Christ Drink this in remembrance of Christ died for you and be thankful. 
Father, as we've been reminded this morning of our need for your grace in every part of our lives, we thank you for this supper and ask that it would sustain us in the hope every day of our lives. I really take some time now to come to you with our needs and the needs of those dear to us as you have uh, told us to do so knowing that we can receive from you you want to, to give ask and you shall receive you said Lord as we think of our weakness and our vulnerability one of the ways in which you remind us of just how dependent we are on you is um, through our health and we do lift up to you now those members of our church family who are struggling with health issues those who may not be here this morning because of that and Lord thank you for some people to bring you our needs we thank you that you know each one of our needs even before we bring them to you that you want to hear from us and you want to give us what we need and we thank you that we have in many ways all that we need in Jesus Christ we thank you for again for his death and resurrection and the eternal life he gives us and in his name we pray now Amen. Amen Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever Amen. Amen.